Grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text that we'll consider today is from Matthew chapter 8. I share with you verses 1 through 4. Please rise as we hear these words in Jesus' name. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And just then a leper came to him and bowed down to him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was healed of his leprosy. Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one. Instead, go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And we pray. Help us, O Lord, to always come before you, committing ourselves to the good and gracious will that you have for us. Amen. Please be seated. On one hand, you could say, it's easy to be a Christian. It's easy, isn't it? You don't even have to do anything. You just have to simply hear and believe and trust in this message about what God has done for you. And faith itself, we understand. The Bible teaches faith is something that we're not even responsible for. God's the one who works it in our hearts. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit, Paul writes. So on the one hand, being a Christian, easy. On the other hand, though, being a Christian and living a Christian life is incredibly difficult, hard, and challenging. As soon as you become a Christian, you have some serious spiritual enemies who are going to come raging at you. Satan, the world, even your own sinful nature, your sinful flesh that lives inside of you is going to try and get you. They're going to do anything they can to try and claw you away from God. And the attacks and temptations from these spiritual enemies... They are all designed to get people, including you and me, to push God and to push what God wants aside, away. Our spiritual enemies are working to try and get you to have the kind of attitude that was sadly expressed by one of our government officials this past week when he said, God's will is no concern of this Congress. Only our spiritual enemies want us to adopt that for ourselves. God's will is no concern for me. What matters is what I want. My wants, my desires, these should come first. I want things my way. That's what our spiritual enemies are trying to get us to say. And these temptations then, to give in to our wants, to give in to our will, instead of submitting to what God wants, to what God wills, is challenging. It's difficult. It's incredibly hard. In fact, I would argue that this is the Christian's greatest difficulty, to submit our own will to the will of God. To be able to say and to be able to pray especially as we face these challenges, as we face hardships in life, as we're being attacked by these spiritual enemies of ours, to pray as the leper in our text prayed, Lord, if you are willing, 
Let your will be done, Lord. And especially for us here in this, in this Lenten season, this penitential season of Lent, it's important for us to consider and to reflect on these challenging, difficult questions. Am I willing to trust in the will of God? Am I willing to trust in God even in those times when it is not in line with what I want, with my desire, with my will? This leper in our text, he didn't come before Jesus and say, I demand that you do things this way, Jesus. He didn't come and say, I need you to do this, Lord, or else. He didn't come before Jesus and say, this is the way, the only way that things can happen, Lord. He wasn't approaching Jesus with any sense of entitlement or as if he deserved anything. He wasn't threatening Jesus with a bad Yelp review if he didn't meet the leper's expectations. He wasn't trying to force Jesus to comply with him or with his requests at all. Instead, this leper comes before Jesus in humility. He comes before Jesus with a humble heart, confessing his own unworthiness. And that's apparent even in in the man's posture. He falls to his knees before Jesus. He falls flat on his face and he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. No doubt this leper was suffering. Leprosy was a terrible disease. It would eat away at your skin, eat away at your flesh. It was contagious. So you had to be isolated, sent away from your loved ones. It was terrible. It was awful. No doubt this man wanted to be healed and that he wanted to be cleansed of this terrible affliction. In that day and age, there was no medicine. There was no cure. It was really a death sentence if you had leprosy. No doubt this man wanted Jesus desperately to fix his problem, to perform a miracle. And yet, in spite of this man's deep desires, how does he approach Jesus? Again, what is going on in his heart? What is his attitude? Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This man was checking his own expectations to fit within the will of Jesus. This was an individual who absolutely had confidence. He had faith in Jesus' power, which could help him. He believed in Jesus which then led him to likewise trust that the will and wants of Jesus were also best, better than his own. Even if Jesus would say to this man, no, I think this man would have been fine with that because it would mean that Jesus had a better plan than what this man, this leper, saw or thought. Dear friends, isn't this hard? Isn't it so challenging and difficult to do that, for us to do this, for us to have this kind of attitude? When we find ourselves under attack from our spiritual enemies, when we're experiencing hardship and difficulty, when we are sick or hurting, or when we have loved ones who are sick and hurting, when we are isolated and miserable, when we see only one possible way through a problem— when there's something that we want or desire, and we want it badly, how have we then approached God? 
Have we taken on this heart and attitude? Have we approached God with the prayer of this man, Lord, if you are willing, Lord, I will trust in your good will, in your grace, not my will, but your will be done, O Lord? Or how many times have we instead said, the will of God is no concern to me. It is my will that matters. There was a wife who was battling cancer, and her husband, he turned to God in fervent prayer for her. Constantly, he was on his knees in prayer. He got so many other people to join him in prayer for his wife who was dealing with this disease. And as he was on his knees, he felt as if God had to make her well, that God would have to preserve her. Even though his wife, in in faith, would always say, it's the Lord's will. Whatever he wants is best. And yet, in spite of all of the prayers of this man and of everyone else, the Lord took her. She died of, of the cancer. And the husband, he was devastated. He was crushed. He felt as if he had no more faith, no more God. Instead, in its place, he was full of rage, bitterness, resentment. But then one day this man was watching as his grandson threw a tantrum on the floor, kicking and screaming because he couldn't have his way. And the man suddenly realized as he watched the parents scold the child, that's me. That's what I have been doing. I'm acting like that, only worse. I'm throwing a silly tantrum against my heavenly father. Here I am, I've claimed to be his child, but then I'm getting mad at God when God, for his own good reasons, decides to follow his own will instead of follow my will. Who am I to be pouting and whining and insisting on my will? Is that the way of a true child of God? Dear friends, this is hard. It's challenging, isn't it? How many times have we failed to do this, to submit ourselves to the will of God? And yet, as Christians, isn't this what we are called to do? To follow the example of Job, who was suffering all of these terrible things, such great grief and sadness and sorrow, and yet, in faith, he says, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Or as our Lord Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing full well what was in store for him the following day, how does he pray? Father, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but may your will be done. Or as Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, our Father, thy will be done. Even teaching us to pray for God's will to be done even before we request our daily bread. Or to follow in the example here of this man in our text, this leper. Lord, if you are willing. It is a good thing. What a blessing it is for us to be able to go before God in prayer. To offer our prayers and our petitions to him. He wants that. He wants us to have that relationship where we can go and dump these things in his lap. He even encourages us to be persistent in those times when it seems like he might be going in a different direction, 
where he might be thinking of something other than we're thinking, he still invites us to be persistent with him in prayer. But as Christians, whenever we go before God with our requests, we should go before God with a kind of confidence that we see in this leper in our text. He goes before Jesus and he lays it all in Jesus' capable hands. Really, this leper, he's saying, Lord, may this be done, but only if you will it. Because, Lord, you know what is best for me. I trust that my interests are your greatest priority. Lord, here's how I see things happening and being fixed. But I know that you can see things much better than I can. And so I'm committing myself to your will. So why should we be willing and able to make this prayer of the leper our own? Not my will, but your will be done, Lord. Because of the confidence, the confidence that you and I possess in knowing who Jesus is, in knowing what our Lord Jesus has done. You and I, we can be absolutely confident of his compassion, of his mercy. His heart goes out to us who approach him with this kind of attitude and heart. Like this leper, what does Jesus do? He has compassion upon this this leper who approaches him. He reaches out and he touches this unclean man, healing him of his leprosy, saying, I will it, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy was gone. We can be confident. God's word points us to the confidence that you and I can have in the good and gracious will of God. The good and gracious will of our Savior, Jesus. There should be no doubt in the power or in the goodness of Jesus and in his will for you. In fact, this is the heart and core of the message of Scripture that the Lord loved you so intensely to such a great degree that he decided to step off of his throne in heaven to take on our human flesh and blood to come into this world that has been wrecked and destroyed by our sinfulness. He was willing to come into this world to submit himself to a life of hardship. Jesus submitted himself to the law of God, to the rules that God had given that we were supposed to follow. We didn't follow them. But glory be to Jesus, he fulfilled them and perfectly, earning righteousness that he now desires to share with all people. But more than that, our Lord Jesus, we can be so confident in our Lord Jesus because he was willing to go even to the brutality of the cross to suffer unimaginable pain and torture, suffering, even being forsaken by God the Father in order to pay for our uncleanness, to pay for our sins, to redeem mankind. He has bought us back from sin and death. He has, has defeated those spiritual enemies of ours, which is a point that is then proven to us. We know that we have God's good will. It's publicly proclaimed on Easter morning with that open and empty tomb, with that angel's message, he is not here, he is risen. As we consider all of these things, we have to stand in amazement at the full commitment of our Savior for us, for you, 
for me, for our good. And that's what gives us confidence. Out of love, our Lord Jesus has done everything necessary so that you and I might be his own people. Sins forgiven, we now have an eternal, trouble-free, forever home in heaven with him. See how our Lord has gone to all of this work and effort for you, for me. His life, his death, his resurrection. He has your interests in mind through it all. All of this work, it was, it is, and it will always continue to be carried out for you. On your behalf. Because he's committed to you. And you can be confident in that. Dear friends, if we know the confidence, if we have this confidence in God, well then how can we begin to question God? He doesn't have any hostility. He doesn't desire any harm upon us. You are God's own child. You have confidence to enter the most holy place, says the book of Hebrews. To come before Almighty God, you get to place your requests, your troubles, your problems directly into his hands, and you have access to this through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, there are going to be times for us in our lives as we're dealing with these things where we don't understand, where we don't get to see what is on God's mind. There might be times where where we're not understanding how his will is best for us. But should we expect to? God in his word, through his prophet Isaiah, he says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts higher than your thoughts. But also consider then the words penned that God spoke through the pen of Jeremiah, which also served as the the theme verse for our school year, for Mount Olive Lutheran School. The thoughts I think toward you are thoughts of peace and not of evil. I know the plans I have for you to give you a future and a hope. And really, what, a, what an awesome verse that has been for us this past school year as we've faced all the uncertainties and all the questions this past school year with with COVID and everything else. And yet, as we now get to, in retrospect, look back over the past months, we can marvel at how good God has been to us, Mount Olive Lutheran Church and school. All of these blessings that he has showered upon us and our school through it all, in spite of these challenges we have faced. What confidence we can have. Yes, we can have confidence in God. We can come before Jesus with the heart and attitude of this leper who said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. We know that we have a compassionate Lord Jesus who always wants what is best for you and for me. And when we make this prayer our own, we say, Lord, if you are willing, our Lord Jesus is going to respond to us in the same way. He's willing to reach out and touch us and make us clean, to clean us now from our sins. And he reaches out and he touches you and me now today as we gather around his word and sacraments. He touches you through the water of baptism, which regenerates you, brings you the forgiveness of sins. He reaches out and he touches you and me as he places his own body and blood upon our lips and in our mouths in the Lord's Supper 
for the forgiveness of our sins. He reaches out today. He makes us clean. He cleanses us from our sins. He says, I am willing, be clean, as he places the gospel message of his word into our ears and into our hearts and minds. What a blessing we have as as we gather here in this place and Jesus continues to speak to us as he spoke to that leper. I am willing. I am willing to perform miracles for you. Be clean. You are forgiven. I have a place in heaven waiting for you. And so you can have confidence in me and in my love. And that's why we gather here in this place. That's why we are happy and we rejoice when he continues still to touch us through his word and sacraments. It gives us this confidence that we need as we face this greatest difficulty in life. Saying, Lord, you know what's best for me. Confident in the good and gracious will of our Lord, you and I, we can persevere through life. We can say in all times and in all places with absolute confidence, as that leper said, Lord, let your will be done for me. Or as Lazarus Spangler, the great hymn writer of the 16th century, wrote, verse 7 of By Adam's Fall, All is Forlorn, he wrote, Who hopes in God and trusts in him shall never be confounded. He builds upon the rock wherein true faith is ever founded. Though grief and care be everywhere, the child of God so lonely, yet he stands sure and shall endure who trusts in God's word only. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be forevermore. Amen. Please rise. The peace of God which passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.